I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Vents. This is Fed Weekly. A collaboration between Vice and Brent 2020, London Borough of Culture. Get cracking. Hey, and welcome to Vent Weekly. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Nuruddin. Each episode, we chat to a journalist or expert about a topic we think is important. So, Sabrina, there is a business model in the UK that turns over £3 million on a daily basis. What would you guess that is? I don't know. Is it like a makeup business? £3 million a day. A day? Yeah. I, don't, I have no idea. What do you want to tell me? Well, it's actually called County Lines or Going Country. Kids are going outside London to sell drugs. I've watched stuff about it, but I wouldn't be able to specifically say what, like, give a definition. I have no idea what Going Country is. It's basically when you get the youngers off the streets, <laughs> you get the youngers off the streets to basically traffic drugs in the countryside for uh, the rich white man. <laughs> like Top Boy. That's really sad. Kids should not be doing that. That's way too young. Today we're joined by Vice's Global Drugs Editor and Orwell Prize winner, Max Daly. Hey Max, how's it going? Yeah, pretty good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, So just to get us started on this topic, could you just give us the definition of going country or going country? Okay, yeah, so this is a, is a business model, a sort of business model. It's city drug gangs kind of spreading their influence and their business from big cities, urban areas into countryside, basically, to seaside towns, to rural towns and cities. Um, and what they're doing is they're sending out young people mainly to sell crack and heroin in these places and usually the young people will be staying there for long periods of time so they won't just be popping over on the train and coming back for dinner they'll be kind of camped out often in drug users homes selling crack and heroin some people kind of call these places crack houses some call them trap houses but they're yeah but they they kind of almost make a little home there for for a week weeks on end and sell uh, drugs to the local drug users so, you know, when you said um, young people, how old are we saying? Teenagers, really. So we are talking, you know, from as young as 10 oh to God. generally up to sort of mid 20s. That's but I think most of the young runners who are sent up to work to go to go in country, they'll be sort of 16 year old is kind of the average age, I would say. So what's um, county lines? Is that? This, like the communication between them. Yeah, County Lines is, is a name that the police gave to it, actually. And no one who does County Lines actually says, hey, I'm just about to go do County Lines. So it's just the police, of, it's the police name for that. And they've named that after the phone lines that, that people use to, mm-hmm. to buy and sell drugs. 
See, I didn't know like this was that common until I went to university because I'm from Brent, but I went to university in Kent, in Canterbury. So when I went there, people referred to that as country because it's the countryside. So that's when I first heard of it because I never heard of it in Brent. And then when people were saying that, I did actually see as young, like people young as 16, they would actually, their dealers, you would just assume, well, I assumed that they were older people. And then when we would see them on the street, it was actually young kids like running around. And that was so surprising for me to see. There's a lot of cuts to services for young people. So a lot of people are left with no other option. People are looking for new ways to get money, especially young kids. They see a lot of like Instagram, social media, that sort of thing. People are living, spend, spending lots of money, big brands. So uh, they're sort of influenced by that. Might want to get in to see, oh, there's some easy money in there. Now, when you're young, you think like drug dealers are these big, scary, do you know what I'm saying, monsters. Just next 16-year-old that lives next door, do you know what I'm saying? That he's someone you probably loaned for half your, your life. Yeah. And, and you, you, you never knew that they'd become a drug dealer, but they are one now. Yeah, and well, I mean, that's, that's the thing is that um, the statistics show that the age of the people, of people being convicted of Class A drug dealing is going down and down and down. So a lot more young people are, are getting involved in dealing Class A drugs such as crack, heroin, also cocaine, powder cocaine as well, and more in the cities. But that's certainly a thing. And, and you're, you're right to say that it's a lot more noticeable in the shires, in the, in the countryside, because that's where the people are going to sell it quite openly in the streets in a lot of situations. So it's obviously it's the city kids who are actually doing it, but it's actually more apparent out in the countryside where they are actually out on the street selling it. Why, why would you say it's more pertinent? Is that to get away from, like, the police? Um, it's kind of a few reasons. It's, I mean, in some way it's quite a saturated market in the cities because there's a lot of different gangs selling in a, in a lot of close-up areas. So that's why... And there is a lot of, you know, the Met Police are, are used to drug dealing. They, they've dealt with it for since the 1960s. So they're pretty good at catching people There's a lot of stop and search a lot of known dealers and all that so it was like a natural thing you know if your if business is getting a bit crowded and, and also your business is getting looked at too much it's a natural thing to go right well let's go out and sell in the countryside because also they can undercut the people selling drugs in the the locals selling heroin and crack in say Bournemouth because they've a lot uh, got a lot more drugs and they're a bigger business they can go out send their kids out into Bournemouth and they can sell heroin for say 10 pound a bag instead of 20 pound a bag or double the amount and all the drug users will go right well that's a brilliant deal and they'll do this by sending out text messages to everyone they'll try and stomp all over the locals business by undercutting them and then knock the locals out so they've got a you know a franchise basically. This is classic supply and demand. There it is. It's simple economics, and that's yeah. that's why they're doing it. They're doing it to make more money, and the best way of doing this is spreading further and further and getting new new markets. Hundred percent. So why are they targeting like young people to do this? Like sixteen year olds, younger than that. Why don't they get older people to do it? That's a really good question, actually. But I think with young people, you have more of a. It's quite a tough job. It's quite a boring job they can get away with paying them not that much money. Um, also, young people 
at the start of county lines, young people were less likely to be picked up by the police because they're young, uh, less likely than, say, people in their late teens or early 20s. And, uh, you know, I've spoken to young people and they used to kind of go doing county lines kind of when they were traveling from city to the countryside. They used to go in their school uniform again. So they're less, it's almost like kind of undercover. It's the same reason why they, county lines uh, often send out young girls as well. Again, less likely to be picked up by the police. And again, I've spoken to people, uh, drug users who have sort of rented out their flats to uh, county lines kids. And they were describing how the county lines kids, it was such a boring job. They literally were just sitting on the sofa all day waiting for that call. Um, their most exciting point of the day was going to get McDonald's. And it was really, really boring, really boring. And I think young people will put up with a lot more boring, rubbish sort of jobs yes. than people who are very, in their early mundane. 20s. It seems such a mundane job. Yeah, it's it's, it's not. I mean, you know, it's it's not a great job to have. Obviously, you know, some people might like the excitement of you know, possibly coming up against local drug dealers and they might like the aggression or the violence. Status. Status. And, and yeah, you are kind of, um, you know, if if you've got a really boring school uh, life or you're not at school at all, if you've got a really bad family life back Mm -hmm. in London or Birmingham or Manchester, then going out and sitting on a couch and, you know, listening to music, looking at your phone all day is probably quite relaxing. Yeah. Yeah, because I was about to say, like, um, have you watched this new season of Top Boy? No, I was going to bring oh, that up too still. Oh, because this yeah. is what it reminds me of. No, as soon as he said that, it popped in my mind as well. Yeah, that like, exact that's same the, moment. like yeah. the same scene is going over the my head. The same scene. Yeah, like what was those, that young boy's name um, who was going through that? There was two young boys. They were yeah. around the age of like 10, 11, something like that. Yeah, and they were in they like got sent to Manchester. primary school. Yeah, yep. they got sent. So it was these two young boys. Have you watched Top Boy, sorry? Yeah, I have, yeah. Yeah, so the two young boys when um, his mum is going through something financially, financially. And she's about, yeah, and she loses her job at the hospital. Yeah. And then he starts to, to like find somebody to help him do this business. So when you was telling me that these young people were doing it, it made me feel like, this is probably their reasoning and just watching that and seeing that. And do you feel like it's because it's so accessible to them as well? Like it was so easy for him to get that job and it's like easy yeah, he money. He just walked up to his local drug dealer and was like, give me a job now. Like I want money. And he's like, yeah, you you really want that? I got you. Go, 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 go on this train. No training, no nothing. Like, just go on this go train, on. take this there, come back and you'll get the money for it. Yeah, so you're you're right. I mean, there's this endless supply of recruits, really, and people selling drugs are always looking out for young people to come and join them. And they, you know, they they do do sort of marketing on Snapchat and stuff, saying, "Come on, come and join us. We are making loads of money." Um, there's kids asked in the street by more like they're actually but yeah asked by the young sellers themselves. So they try and kind of recruit other people in their own area. And say, look, you want to make some money because it's their job to um, recruit more and more. Because what's happening at the other end is when they people do go to the countryside to sell drugs, some of them are getting picked up by the police. They're getting young offenders, jails and, and stuff like that. So as more sort of get jailed or some... Some are killed, um, yeah. you know, some are injured, some are hospitalised, some are p- totally put off it. As more kind of come off the conveyor belt at the end, more have got to be stuck on the conveyor belt at the beginning. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So I still do find it a bit weird that you can just post, I mean, you can post a story of yourself running a zoo or whatever on Instagram and nothing's wrong with it but then you could have a follower that's like 12 years old and thinks it's cool because and you got celebrities as well that uh, is literally last night I started unfollowing all like rappers that I like because all their videos are just drugs and stuff like that Well I wanted to ask since the 80s and 90s um, how has the drug trade in the UK shifted? The drug trade has been professionalised, the, the certainly in selling heroin and crack. So up till really about 2000, it was that you had sort of the heroin users were also the heroin dealers. So they were caught, we call them user dealers. And so they were the people selling to their friends and supplying their friends. And it was all, as you can imagine, with heroin users, you know, it was a bit slow, unreliable. The profit wasn't really a massive thing. So then what happened is in the 90s, you, alongside heroin, you get crack. So crack cocaine arrives from America and it becomes a drug that is really pushed by a lot of the London uh, and Birmingham, uh, Manchester, Liverpool gangs because it is a lot more profitable than heroin because you take crack more quicker and more often than you take heroin. So the average crack user will say buy crack cocaine four or five times a day. The average heroin user will buy heroin once or twice a day. It's more of a profitable drug. So then you start getting that all the heroin dealers are now selling crack alongside their heroin. So you, it, it was actually, I remember I spoke to quite a lot of heroin users and it was even hard to, for heroin users to just buy heroin because they were getting, go on, have some crack, have some crack because the more heroin users who also got addicted to crack, the more profit for the drug dealing gangs. So then you start having more and more professionalized because there's more money in it. And that's where the, the kids started coming into it. A lot of the drug gangs go, why uh, send out all the, the big guys and the older guys who are obviously going to get arrested, they're going to get picked up, let's start sending out kids. Because also, it, with austerity over the last 10 years, there's been an increasingly willing workforce who... You know, there's nothing so much at home to do. There's a lack of opportunity, a lack of jobs, a lack of youth clubs, a lack of thing, uh, things to do. So while the drug gangs have been wanting to have a workforce, there's, the workforce has been there for them. So more and more young people are being sent out to the shires um, as the city drug trade has become saturated um, and now it's a fully professionalised uh, drug dealing trade, which spreads literally the whole of Great Britain. So now that it's come to this point, how have the police caught on to what's going on? Yeah, so I mean, I, I first started writing about county lines in about 2008, when I noticed that this was going on from London to Ipswich. And the, the Ipswich police, you know, they were countryside police. And then suddenly they were seeing a lot of young black kids from um, the South uh, London estates mm -hmm. 
turning up in Ipswich and it was like I wonder why why, why they, they like here? Ipswich so much <laughs> what's maybe, your business here sir? <laughs> maybe they're selling some really good clothes in Ipswich <laughs> but no uh, what was happening is that this was one of the first sort of major county lines uh, organisations going on in Ipswich and actually Colchester was a sort of drop stopping off mm, point as mm, well mm. for the for the drugs and for the kids and they were they were supplying and Ipswich has got a fairly big heroin and crack using population and so then the police cottoned on to this and they started getting help from the London Met Police as well they just started picking up these kids sometimes even at the station they go right and obviously it's a bit racist but it's like right you're we'll probably coming here to sell drugs mate we'll have you mm. okay so then what happened is you started getting the kids getting wise to this and they started sending Asian kids as, because the police would be like oh yeah it's Asian kid probably here to buy clothes <laughs> And so then they started picking up Asian kids. Then what happened is the is the drug sellers thought, okay, what we need to do is we need to, rather than having them wandering around the streets and parks and graveyards selling drugs, let's get them off street, let's get them in houses. So they came up with this great idea. Uh, it's called cuckooing, where you basically persuade a, a heroin user to go and use their council flat as a dealing base. So you mm -hmm. go, all you do is you just go, look, here's a load of free crack or heroin mm -hmm. and um, we'll just use your place. So it's obviously it's off-road, mm -hmm. it's less noticeable mm -hmm. um, and they'll operate from there. Another thing that these the guys did is that they started, and this is more the older guys uh, from the London gangs, they started getting girlfriends uh, in Ipswich, so chatting up loads of uh, girls in nightclubs and then using their place although the girlfriends didn't know using their place as drug stashes and things yeah. like that um so that so so basically every time the police thought they were kind of getting them they would have a new tactic it's like cat and mouse and that's and the cat and mouse game is still going on to this day i know like most girls even at this time as well where the girls do know like because they're in love with them so much that they will voluntarily hide it for them i know a lot of my friends who have yeah, no names. But yeah, who no, have I... hidden drugs for their boyfriends and and even as much as your friends say, Oh, like he's using you, he's using you, like you just don't believe that and uh, it's so crazy how these females and these young children are getting exploited like this. It's like no one cares about no one, it's just the business. I, I interviewed this um woman because everyone talks about houses being cuckooed by young drug dealers and so I interviewed one of these people who she had she had been a sex worker and a heroin addict for a very long time and she had decided to kind of rent out her house her council flat in South End to a gang from London so they could sell their crack and heroin for, uh, from her house and in return she got given crack and heroin by these guys and it was just interesting to me when I asked her to describe what it was like being in this weird situation you know like this is kind of quite old I think she was like in her 50s or 60s old school sort of heroin addict hanging out in the same flat with a bunch of like 15 year old kids from the state in South London Somali kids and I was going what what was it like what did you talk about <laughs> she she actually kind of almost like they did kind of take the piss out of her a bit. And I think they did sort of at the beginning, they did treat her quite badly, which I think is generally the case with County Lines kids. They do see 
drug addicts as like scumbags and they'll literally just kind of chuck the drugs on the floor and they don't want to have anything to do with them. But I think they, they kind of grew together to know each other a bit more and they became less horrible to her and more kind of chatty to her. And she almost started become quite motherly towards them because she would see that they were being a bit exploited, that they kind of thought they were the big guys, but she realised that they were like almost like the least scary drug dealers in town because obviously, you know, in the olden days, the drug dealer... You know, everyone's like the evil drug hooded drug dealer, you know, going to take your babies away and all this kind of stuff. It's something to be afraid of. Whereas this woman, you know, very vulnerable her, herself was actually felt sorry for the drug dealers. Um, and she would she'd like make them tea and like toast and jam and things like that um, and try and kind of keep them healthy. And so there's this weird kind of symbiotic relationship which kind of went on. I just thought that was quite interesting. Max, do you think with the county lines going on, it's common for parents to worry about the well-being of their children. Yeah, I think, I think not, not for the average parent, I don't think, not for, you know, it's not like any kid can be uh, kind of dragged into county lines. I mean, I know a lot of the newspapers have said, oh yeah, loads of middle-class kids and public school kids getting dragged into county lines, and that's probably very, very, very rare. But my kid, he's a mixed-race kid, and he's he grows up in Walthamstow, and a lot of his friends are black, mixed-race, Asian. So quite a few times he's been approached by other kids saying, do you want to get involved in county lines on the street? And do you want to get involved in selling drugs? On Snapchat, He's he's been started to be offered those kind of roles. Yeah. So even just from my own son... You know, he he has been been kind of asked to do these things, but I just think because because he's a, a mixed race kid and because he lives in Walthamstow, I think he almost gets sucked into that sort of you know a lot of his people he knows on Snapchat do sell drugs, and they you know he's he's given me a few stories actually. You know, he's like, oh wow, I've just seen this this kid mouthing off about selling drugs in in Norwich or whatever, and um, then we see a missing. In the local newspaper, there's a, a missing advert for him saying, uh, have you seen yeah. whatever, whatever? And then my son is going, he's not missing, he's in Norwich selling drugs. You're so exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had exactly the same story. Sorry to cut you off, but I had exactly the same story today. Um, a boy has told me he's saw a guy on Snapchat mouthing off exactly about selling drugs in this place. And he's got a missing paper looking for him and his parents are scared. Where is he? I don't know where he is. And... He's selling drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are other ways you can get your money. I come from an area, so I live in Church Road, which is in northwest London, and it's known for having, like, war with an area called Stonebridge. And there's a lot of drugs that go on in that area as well. And that it's offered to you on a daily basis, but you have to just be headstrong enough to say no and to know that you're, you have a route in life and that that's not the route that you're going to take. Thank you so much, Max, for uh, coming in and having a chat with us about County Lines. You literally opened my eyes, so thank you so much for that. And I'm like excited for everybody to listen to this and let their eyes be opened as well. Yeah, yeah and thank you, you two, for asking some brilliant questions. So, Sabrina, what do you think? It's so weird because obviously I knew about it. Like I knew the term going can't. I've seen it in Top Boy. I've seen it in movies like Adulthood, Kidhood. I've seen it. But actually knowing about it and knowing the different 
like positions there are in this business the operations like the operation it just seems like a whole big thing and in my mind i was thinking all it is is just selling drugs like they're just selling drugs and getting their money but it's so much more so much than more that. complex man they got runners drivers they got managers they got everything and all the money that they make as well is just mind-blowing no nah, no compared to what i see on snapchat about going ot and cunch now it's not as glamorous as it seems because like max has made it clear how many people how many young people are being mistreated and they're being exploited in do you know what i'm saying these areas thank you for listening to vent weekly i've been sabrina and i've been nuruddin and thanks a lot to max for coming in to chat you can find more of max's articles on vice.com this episode was produced by the vent production team jess lawson amile gill moeed majid and kamaya shay cowell Vent is a collaboration between Vice and Brent London Borough of Culture 2020. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.